Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. He's Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And it's just the two of us today because Garrett Price is out with the love of his life. That's right. I forgot about that. I, I couldn't remember why he was missing today. I still, I just assumed he's with his wife. I think he is. I think he's with They're his doing something. They went mm-hmm. out of town. So they're yeah. having fun. Yep. Back-to-back weekend. So uh, we're back after a, an eventful weekend at the FFX Expo in Canton, Ohio. Shout out to Bob Long for throwing that together. It was another amazing trip. Great um, times, man. Right? Got to meet some new people. Got to have some trunk beers with... Uh, Tim, Chris, Cooter Doodle, and Mike Hicks. That was highlight of the weekend. That was like the, um, yeah, that was that was amazing. It was it was it was it was probably the, the my my highlight as well. It was it, I think trunk beers is kind of underselling what what we did there. All right, it was, it was in the back of a van, <laughs> and we we're getting wet. No, um, no, no, dude, it was raining sideways, and we were not getting wet. It was starting to rain sideways. There's pictures on yeah. my Twitter. Um, and I show my water boots. Yeah, yeah, there's literally we were literally playing Twister with our legs all combined. There. We were in a parking lot, and the, it was a river. The, the thing, the parking lot had turned into a river. We were in a van down by the river. Down by the river. Uh, so it was a great time at the time. expo. Yep. Such a good time that I forgot we were, we, what we were recording this week. Yeah, um, happens, you know, we were supposed to be doing AFC NFC West. Right. I studied the North. You did. So today we're talking about the AFC North. And I studied the West, so this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> so we are, we we're right on schedule here. Um, if you didn't make it to the FFF Expo, I definitely encourage everybody to go next year. It's such a good time. We were able to meet so many fans of the show. Absolutely. Um, that was a great part. Many more analysts came out this year than had came out last year. Yeah. Um, some of the bigger names that you may call uh, them, or I don't think they call themselves that, uh, started to come out this year. <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of come out and meet the fans, you know, the JJ Zacharias and Matt Harmon. Yep. We were able to meet those guys finally this year. Um, so it was a, a tremendous time. It was good. Des Bryant was there. Des Bryant was there. Uh, kind of stole a little bit of our mojo. He went out right before us on the main stage. Well, I mean, he's a charismatic guy. He's bigger. He's he's bigger than I thought he was going to be. What do you mean? Like muscular wise? Just, ta- just height oh, and stature. I mean, I knew he was like 6'3". It's just some people... Wear some better? people, yeah, some people are, are just a little bit more, they have more of a presence at 6'3". I mean, shout out to Dez. Yeah. I mean, he was super personable there. I mean, he took the time to talk to every single person that he went to talk to. Yeah. I had nothing to say to him, so I didn't talk to him, but uh, everybody else did. He was. He always had a crowd, so I, did, I also didn't didn't corner him or anything like that. Um, uh, the only thing I could have said was, hey, man, you, you helped me win some championships. Thank you. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, Didn't help me win anything. So right. yeah. I don't think I ever had a Dez Bryant share his entire career. No? No, I don't think I did. Yeah, I rode that guy right to my my three peats. He was right in there. Yeah, you oh you should have. Yeah. You should have French kissed him. <laughs> he was right in the mix, man. <laughs> Come here, baby. <laughs> you you made me you made me fulfill my dreams. Yes. Three peat dynasties. Help, helped me um, fulfill my dreams. Had indeed. some good conversations, definitely on the dynasty panel. Um you know, shout out to the panel Izzy was Alcabas. really good. Yeah, that dynasty panel was good. I thought it was the best panel we ever had. Yeah. Um dynasty wise. Right. We had a good crowd again. Uh Izzy Alcafas. Right. Shane Manila, Scott Connor, Michael Bauer, some really good takes, some good um, different viewpoints. Like Scott, who's super smart, who does uh, trades in five, him and Shane, uh, you know, they, they're giving their point for the way they play, and I play completely different. 
And yeah. then Izzy was a kind of in the middle of that as well. So, and, and it was, was I good. think, I think it was a good, um, it was a good kind of slice into the, into the bread a little bit of kind of all the different layers of dynasty and why it kind of goes cyclical is because you don't have to necessarily win one single way or, it's probably best that you don't have everyone playing one single way, which was, which was a point that that was made on the panel because it, it'll get stale and, and things will almost get locked up. You know what I mean? If everyone's trying to do the exact same kind of strategy. So yeah, I thought it was a really thought provoking, interesting panel. Yeah. You can't make trades when people say in the same way. And Scott made a really good point. He's like, I really appreciate that you and I play totally two different ways. And knowing that there is a path to play both ways. The game can still find yeah. a way for success. And, you know, that's why with their podcasts out there and other sites, it's, it's good to intake all this information to find your own way yep. uh, through there and mix the two if you can. But there is many different ways to win in Dynasty. And that's what we really try to focus on here. Um, it's going to give you our viewpoint and how, you know, put you in the best position to win. And, you know, we know for sure our the way I play does work because I win championships every year. So I know it works. And Scott... I assume win championships as well. So he knows it works. Right. Exactly. You win championships. You yeah. three, you just said you three peat with deaths. Yep. I mean, you don't meet, you don't meet many people that three peat dynasty championships. So overall tremendous weekend. Uh, Got to go out to dinner with uh, the Dynasty Nerds crew. Met a couple fans as well. They came out all the way out from Baltimore. Yeah, that I was taking them out to dinner. Yeah. Our uh, good friends Chris Fennell and Tim Turner uh, were there as well. So we took them out to dinner. So that was a great dinner. They went to the parties. It was a fantastic weekend. So <laughs> Expo next year gets bigger every year. I definitely encourage everybody to kind of plan ahead August like 9th to uh, 11th or 12th it, next year in Canton. It's always the weekend after uh the Hall of Fame game. Yes. Right. And this year is all at the Hall of Fame, which is great because the Hall of Fame is actually growing into their little city center right the there. Little, the little Hall of Fame village that they have going on there is really nice. I mean, now there's a few restaurants there. There's a Starbucks there. There's, you know, obviously the big dome bubble that we had the convention in. That's kind of back behind the um, Hall of Fame stadium field and all that kind of good stuff. So it, it's neat, man. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be better next year, too. Yeah. So, and yeah. that's thank God for that Starbucks because, you know, <laughs> I didn't think that out, man. After partying hard for yeah. two days and then had to wake up and go to an expo and talk on two different panels and talk to hundreds of people, like it was, I was like, dude, I need Starbucks. And that's where we ran. We, Bob Harrison, JJ Zacharias, right. we were right in front of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Everyone it was needs just a us little, four in the Starbucks. Everyone needs a little kick, you know? Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm JJ. I'm like, oh, I'm rich. And I saw his name tag. I'm like, oh, JJ Zacharias. I, I know who you are. Yeah. He's like, who are you? <laughs> you handsome son of a... Hey, I'm not Des Bryant. Don't French kiss me. No French kissing rich, so, please. let's get out to... Let's talk about the AFC North. But before we do, I got to tell you about our friends at Underdog. Got to meet uh, one of the head guys at Underdog this weekend as well, Andrew, uh, which was a great time. Yeah, but, shout out to Andrew, man. That was good to meet you. Yeah, it was fantastic meeting Andrew out there. And Underdog, if you don't play Underdog then you're not having as much fun as you possibly can playing fantasy football. It's that simple, man. You literally just go on there. You draft your teams. You don't touch them again. You get to have all the fun of drafting a team and not touching again, right? Like yep. enjoying the draft and then Lo- moving on with your Low life. maintenance. It's just, it's just the fun stuff, you know? Just the fun stuff. Yep. And have a chance to win. And usually, from my experience, dynasty players put more time in, into fantasy football than anybody else. So it, it does give you somewhat of a slight edge. It could hurt you as well because then you just start drafting 
young people. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah you don't want to go too far uh, one yeah. direction. So if you go to Underdog, you download their app right now, you have a chance to play still spots left in the Best Ball Mania where you put 25 bucks in and you have a chance to win a $3 million first prize. They have many other big games like that for you to win, but you can also just play amongst your friends. You can play against one person, three person, six people. It does not matter. Underdog's going to give you the opportunity to play fantasy football for the year, draft the team. It will set your lineup every single week for you. And then at the end of the year, either you win or you lose, but either way, you're guaranteed to have a great time. And right now, if you put deposit at least $10 underdog will deposit match you up to a hundred dollars. And on top of that, we will give you a free membership to the nerd herd. If you missed exhibit, you check out our site. We're showing you all the stuff that comes with the Nerd Herd. The Dynasty GM app is getting a big upgrade here coming soon. But you can remember that. You get the film room. And now that you're in season, you know, the GM's really going to help you manage your Dynasty teams a ton. So if you've never tried it, uh, this is a perfect time to try it. All you got to do is deposit $10 on Underdog. Use the promo code NERDS, and you'll get a free one-year subscription to the Nerd Herd. That's going to get you to the film room, the Nerd Score, the tools, all that for free, essentially, for one year. So you're going to get through the whole Dynasty season and see the, how we can help you better your overall Dynasty experience. Check them out. Undog, promo code NERDS. Nice. So AFC North, let's kick it off with, the, let me bring it up here, the Baltimore Ravens. I'll, I'll go through the uh, the depth charts here. Appreciate you. Uh, quarterback, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, and Josh Johnson, who's on his, I think, 32nd out of 32 teams <laughs> possible. Um, running back, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, uh, Justice Hill, and they signed Melvin Gordon as well. I think they got a couple other guys, you know, Keaton Mil- uh, Mitchell being an undrafted guy that had some speed. Um, as well on the roster. Uh, tight ends, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, who's kind of already injured, uh, Charlie Co- uh, Kohler, and some guy, Travis Vokalekel, something. Uh, wide receivers, Odell Beckham, uh, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Nelson Aguilar. I didn't even realize he was on this team. Uh, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, or playing in the league anymore. Uh, and and that, uh, obviously, Zay Flowers, uh, Tylen Wallace is James on this Proche. team. James Prochet. Yep. Let's start at the top. You know, Lamar Jackson gets his big contract, comes into this year. A uh, little bit more security now in the dynasty realm. We never thought, we were never worried about security because it wasn't with the Baltimore Ravens. It would be somewhere else. Totally. He's been a prolific fantasy football quarterback over the years. The problem he's had is he hasn't been healthy. But we also saw, you know, after his MVP year, we came out and threw all those touchdowns last year. I mean, when he came out last year, he, I, I remember saying to Gabby, somewhat worried about Lamar Jackson. He came out just smoking, right? He had 12 in those first three games. I think, I think he had a total of 12 touchdowns. Um, but after that, he only had over 20 points twice after week three. We know he got hurt after those nine games. So week 12, he, he ended up getting hurt right. and coming out for the rest of the year. And that's been a problem you know, over the last two years. We've seen that consistency where he hasn't been there for you for your fans, dynasty fantasy football playoffs, which... And that's when you need them absolutely most. I mean, difference makers obviously are, are fantastic throughout the season, but the worst thing you possibly do is is kind of scold your way right through the regular season and then fizzle out right there at the playoffs when you need them the most. I mean, that's that's the biggest letdown. And, and really, you know, it, it gets hard to kind of rely on a guy when it's happened. Is it two or three years now? It's two. Two years yeah. in a row. It's yeah. like somebody like that you like, you're like, messaging and you know having western union letters send to each other about how much you love each other and you get to know them really well and you like really like them and then it's time to show up to meet for that first date you know and then they they 
No call, no show. No call, no show. Where they stubbed their toe or they pulled a hammy where or a you PCL. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, obviously, you know, that's that's kind of one of the stories here with Lamar Jackson is, you know, not being there for the past couple seasons for the playoffs. Uh, but the other part is, you know, this is a new offense. Um, Todd Munkin comes Tom, in. Tom Munkin comes in. This is going to be a, a, I they're going to, I think the plan is to make this a much more traditional offense. We'll see. He has a history of kind of doing whatever works best for the, for the players that he has. So, you know, I think what we're going to see, no one really knows completely. Right. Um, but you know, you see the, all the Twitter clips, all this kind of stuff. People are making a big deal about him throwing a ball downfield to Odell Beckham in, in these mixed scrimmages and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's great. They completed the pass. You know, I, I watched I watched the clip. It looked it looked great. It was a 40, 50 yard throw or whatever. Odell Beckham had to slow up and almost fall and stop to get that ball. Like, yeah, he, it still wasn't a great pass. He went to his knees. Right. Exactly. Ball. It, exactly. So, I mean, you know, another t- two or three yards where he's leading him and, and Odell's still running. Instead, he, he's kind of, you know, tripping and falling. And it's still a big play. But it's not it's not what you really want out of your your QB one. You want him to be able to lead lead that guy downfield, and that guy should still be running. So it just it kind of goes to show that you know maybe he's progressed a little bit, but I think you're still going to see some of these passes from Lamar. I think that's just ingrained in him, like that that is him at his essence is a little bit of inconsistency with his passing. So um, hopefully they don't go too far. To the to the you know traditional realm of of NFL offenses, and they let him still run the ball. Yeah, well, they said that when Todd Munkin came in, Todd Munkin said he plans to bring back Lamar Jackson's rushing a little bit there and open it up. And and so far the dial proof, it, dial it back, dial back a little okay. bit. Yeah. So and some of the proof is in a put in there, right? Like they bring in Obel OBJ right. and they give him big time money, sure. you know, eighteen million dollars, pretty much guaranteed. They have a former first-round pick in Rashad Bateman, who they haven't had a chance to get healthy either. This should be he healthy just came this year. Pup. Came out the pup. Yep. And they drafted Zay Flowers in the first round again this year. So they have three first-round wide receivers on their roster to go along with their all-pro tight end and Mark Andrews. Absolutely. So they are putting the weapons around him to succeed in the passing game. So we would see that for him, where he's usually averaging about over 60 yards per game, this would probably be a year where he's going to rush for under 50 yards per game on average. Uh, better chance that Justin Fields becomes the new high-end rushing quarterback. So can he translate that into passing touchdowns for Lamar Jackson? Because Todd Munkin looks like he is going to kind of scale that back a little bit and open up him in the passing game. And that's for all weapons, even yeah. a guy like J.K. Dobbins, where J.K. Dobbins has only caught – you know, less than 25 balls, I think, so far he's been in the league. We saw at Ohio State that he could catch footballs. But with Todd Munkin, when he, everywhere he goes, the running back does get an uptick in the pass-catching ability. Even for where he had a, his stint here in Cleveland, Nick Chubb had the highest average per receptions per game. It was at like 3.1, I believe, okay. for the rest of his career, where he's under three. Right. So it is an upkeep, uptick for J.K. Dobbins as well. You're right. Does it come down to Lamar Jackson can he adapt and be a passer in the NFL? Yeah, and then that's the biggest question because if it is, I think it's great for some of those other uh, pieces out there. You know, I think regardless, he's got a really good uh, kind of rapport with Mark Andrews, so I, I'm not worried about him kind of either way. Not at all. But getting guys, I mean, now they've got three pretty good weapons there in the passing game. You you named them. Um, oh, you know, obviously Od- Odell Zay and if Bateman's uh, fully healthy, those are those are three really good options. 
are they going to be fantasy relevant though? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. great. That's great for the Baltimore Ravens that they've got these pieces and they're able to spread teams out. Is he able to get the ball to him? Is my, my going to be my biggest question. And if he isn't, are they willing to like stick with that long term, or is it you know what? This isn't working out. We got to pivot. Lamar, you're going to be running the ball a lot more than we had hoped at the beginning of the season. And if that's the case, like, are we now pigeonholing him? This is what he's going to be. Are we seeing him a little bit more of a, a short-term asset because we're afraid that he's already, you know, two years in a row he's been injured. And now do we kind of see him as a guy that's a couple big injuries away from being out of the league? You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that for him, they had to protect their investment. Right. And we know Mark Andrews is the number one option in this offense. And there's never been more weapons around Mark Andrews. So it's, it's easy for us to say that. We don't know for sure. But you are talking about Mark Andrews last year, led the team in targets with 113, led the team in catches with 73, led the team in yards at 847, and touchdowns in five. But he also got beat up as well. I mean, remember, so Mark Andrews over the last seven years is the only person to supplant Travis Kelsey is the number one overall fantasy tight end. Yeah. At overall. It was yeah. Mark Andrews a couple of years ago. I was going to say, and, it was two, two years ago, right? Yeah. And then last year, you know, for the beginning of the season, for the first third of the season, he was really, he was doing really well. He had 455 yards. He was keeping pace with um, Travis Kelsey. And then he got a couple of injuries. Um, yep. I think he had the, what, what happened to him? The shoulder, oh, shoulder and knees. And after that, those last 10 games that he played, he only had 465 yards. So those injuries kind of helped him. Obviously, Lamar coming out uh, wasn't the best, but Andrews actually, not a lot, but averages slightly more points, point about 0.5 more points, somewhere around there, points per game more without Lamar Jackson than Lamar Jackson. Right. But nothing crazy, like like 13 to like 12 and a half, somewhere around there. I feel like he's one of those guys that, that's, pretty you can rely on him regardless obviously you he's know. safe right. so it, then it comes down to the receiving game and for me in my best ball leagues my under in my underdog leagues and whatnot like i've been grabbing a lot of shares of obj because if they're going to open up this passing game they're going to need somebody to throw to they're going to need to throw to the number one rashad bateman's coming in still kind of trying to get his feet beneath him and become an nfl receiver zay jones a rookie receiver. Yep. Destroying camp right now. Like yeah. Looking really sure. good, but still a rookie. We've seen plenty of guys flash in camp when, when it's not live. You know what I mean? And and then the guy, obviously, Odell Beckham is a seasoned pro. He knows exactly what to do. Right? So you have to follow the money there, and it's going to be OBJ is probably the number one guy. A guy who, as well, looked really good. I know he hasn't played in a year, but when he was with the Rams, he looked good with the Rams. He was coming out there. He played 11 game with the Rams. He averaged 4.2 catches for 52 yards and over a half a touchdown there. He was averaging over, um, he was averaging over like 13 points per game, right on an average per game basis. Even in the Super Bowl, he looked good until he got hurt. So right. he should be a wide receiver too. Like if you're looking for a good value at a, like as a championship caliber team and want to get wide receiver two numbers and probably mid range the high end, uh, guys are going to average probably. I think his numbers on average, if you put him into last year, he's like right around that DK Metcalf range, right around there. So if you're comfortable with DK, that's what you're going to get. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up our app right now and see how much exposure I have. I know I have him on at least two teams. I can't remember if it's two or three. I've got like four, and yeah. I made a move for him where I gave up. Um, I gave up something in a third, like a player and a third to get OBJ, and I felt really comfortable about that as well. So Odell, I think Odell Beckham falls into a, a great spot to be 
fantasy relevant this year. And when you're chasing chips, that's all you're really worried about. So he'll come in. He'll be the number one receiver. Hopefully he can stay healthy, keep that ACL intact, and give you wide receiver two numbers. And you probably can get him for a second round pick. I think I uh, I thought I had him in t- I thought I had him in two leagues. I guess I only have him in one. Got, got but I, but I mean, but that's my win league my win now league. You know what I mean? It's one of those ones that um, I almost treat it as a. Um, a redraft league. It's our nerd calculator league. We have no, no taxi squad yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. So if you can't get a second now for OBJ, all you have to do is just wait, yeah. wait till week four. Somebody's going to, a receiver's going to go down. OBJ should hopefully put up the numbers that you need to get there. And again, we're following the money here, right? Absolutely. 18 million. You're the number one. He's going to go out to produce. And we're going to talk about, I know Dalvin cook signed this week. I know Zeke Elliott signed this week. We'll talk about them after our break, uh, after we do our FFPC before we go into the final two teams, we'll do a quick, yeah, we, well, we, we, we have to have a conversation. Yeah, because we already did those uh, that, those divisions. So, Ravens uh, overall. Oh, we got and then J.K. Dobbins coming back yep. from the ACL. Some of that went out there and you know played early. Knee wasn't feeling right. Going, he missed the first two weeks because he didn't really look right. Played a little bit. Hey, my knee's not good. I need to come back here and make sure that I'm healthy. Gets his knees cleaned up and then he comes back. And I mentioned earlier that Todd Munkin does want to get him more involved in the pass game. And where he has not caught a ton of footballs in the NFL, he did catch 18 as a rookie. And when he was at Ohio State, he caught 71 footballs. So he, yeah, he he's showed, very capable. He definitely showed you know, in in his past that he can do it. It just hasn't been a thing that's been featured yet. Right? Even in the Bengals playoff game, right. we came in there. He, he had four catches for 43 yards. If you can add, if, he, if he's going to be the guy, he's going to come in there and get those 13, 14, 15 carries per game, and then add about three catch like that. Just take the Nick Chubb role right there. Sure. 3.1 catches per game. You add on top of that, you're talking about low end running back one right there if he can stay healthy. And on top of that, when he came back last year, um, at the end of the year, he came out on average over six yards per carry. So Dobbins came back um, in his final five games. And if you count the playoff game as, as well, Dobbins had a total of 505 yards and two touchdowns on the 75 touches. Average 6.56 yards per carry. So this is something we've been talking about on this show now for years. And that was him hobbling. You know what I mean? This was after him coming back. Okay, my bad. This is the final part of the game. Gotcha, gotcha. When he was actually fully healthy, he was averaging at 6.56 yards per carry. So something we've talked up on this show a ton. You know, he's been one of my biggest buys now for two years contract year he's got to come out and show that he's the guy this year and he's he's in camp right he finally reported this week today right? yep it was he got activated off the pup today yep or was it yesterday it was today or yesterday it was this yeah. week for sure somebody worked in there um so yeah obviously he's gonna get in i think gus edwards right now is still banged up right? yeah he's not even practicing yeah so i mean justice hill i think got the starts this past season or this past week in the preseason game so it'll be nice to get dobbins in acclimated i feel like you know, if you waited until now to make your move for him, it might have already been a little bit too late. Like, you know, the buying window might be closing now that we're actually seeing him in camp and everything yeah. like that. Um, so that, I mean, hopefully you took our advice and kind of went out and got him based off the skill and, and the talent alone. What about today? A guy who hasn't done a ton. You're a contender. Yeah. You have two good backs. Right? You have James Conner and you got Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Two good backs, right? Yeah, sure. You're a contender. You feel really good about your team. Uh, there's a team that's kind of out of it. Hey, I'll take a first for J.K. Dobbins. Would you pay the first? Yeah, for Dobbins? Yeah. 
He wants a first and a third. Would you pay a first and a third? Yeah, because I don't care about a third. I don't care about a third either. Yeah. He wants a first and a second. You're a contender, so yeah. you feel pretty good about this. Your depth behind them is Raheem Mostert and, let's say... Raheem Mostert, I feel good about about three or four games. Yeah. Uh, you know, so your yeah. roster is like, you're good at those first two running backs, but not too strong. Yeah. Would you give a first and second for J.K. Dobbins? <sighs> yeah, when, when now, I would. I think I would, too. And, and, and you know, the reasoning is... You know, we always want to say sell these guys, you know, before they get to their second contract. He hasn't even gotten off the ground yet. I feel like this is one of those rare guys that's going to get a second contract and still be good for a three or four year period. You know what I mean? Um, Or at least a two or three year window. And if I'm giving up a first and a second to get a guy that that is coming in, like approaching his prime and and, and I'm going to get two or three good years out of that, that's that's worth it to me especially on a win now team where, where you're in a championship window that that's how you kind of capitalize. That's how you get yourself over the hump and over the hill. If you're, you know, going from a, a contender that you're kind of wishy-washy about kind of that, those are the kind of moves that can get you all the way over the hump and in into that championship. His game. other surgery remember was just a cleanup. It right. wasn't anything crazy just to feel hundred percent. And he's only like 23 years old still. Yeah. He's young. So he's still really young. So I feel like for me, that's an investment that I would make that if I need the running back help, you know, I'm very, I'm very fickle when it comes to the running backs. I'm very, I won't go out there just to buy them in abundance. Like Izzy offered me a guy who I love, Devon A-Chain. Yeah. He offered me, hey, I'll give you Devon A-Chain. He was in the clock for first. And I was like, I do love A-Chain. And he's like, I don't understand why you declined that trade because you were just telling me how much you love A-Chain and how much you hate your first and how you have no problem giving up your first if you're a contender. I was like, yes, but I'm also good at running back. Yeah, so you don't the, want to just burn picks for no, no reason. I'll right? buy I'll buy a receiver and burn that like a younger, a decent receiver right. if I can get them. Always like I accept those trades because I'll take the depth. When it comes to running back, if I'm good, I am not giving up my first round picks uh, for running backs or sec- like if I don't need them. Yeah, you don't want to just pad for no reason. I mean, no. if you have two, you, I mean, if you have your starters and you have a really good backup, sometimes that's enough to, to feel good at the position. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes if depending on what the backup is or who that is, that person in your starting lineup is, you might need a fourth one. But once you're getting past that, you're, you're really kind of just burning through things for no reason. What's great about Dobbins is he's young enough where if you pay that first and second and he does pan out to be a low end running back one to mid range running back two, you can recoup that first and second probably in two years and get two years of value out of them and get the exact same return. Yeah. And if you're a championship team, you're actually be upgrading your return because you went from 112, then the future anywhere from wherever that may be. I'm sure, sure. you'd be a contender from 16 to 112. Odds are, even if it was 111, you upgraded into that slot. Sure. So let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals, man. All right, man, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Let me get their depth chart out here. And uh, the quarterback, obviously Joe Burrow, uh, Trevor Simeon, Jake Browning, who cares? Uh, <laughs> the only one that matters, I already said. Uh, running back Joe Mixon, uh, Travion Williams, Chase Brown is the rookie. Travion Henderson. What did I say? Williams. No, no, it's Travion Williams. Okay, I wrote it down wrong. That's all right. Chase Brown, uh, Chris I'm, Evans. I'm, of- <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Way to throw me out. I wrote down Joe Mixon as Jow Mixon, too, so don't worry about me. You, you type with your nose. Everyone knows. <laughs> um, tight end, Irv Smith, Drew Sample, Mitchell Wilcox, Devin Asiasi. Who knows? Former second-round pick, Devin Asiasi? I think he was a third. No, he's a second-round pick. Remember the Patriots took two second-round picks, Devin Asiasi and then the other guy. I think they were both thirds. 
Uh, well, we'll see. Because I'll, we'll I'll, I'll, I'll look it up when I'm done. Okay. Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Trenton Irving, or Irwin, um, Andrea Isovayas, or whatever. Charlie Jones, uh, the other rookie. Yep. Uh, Big, tall, fast guy. Yeah, Stanley Morgan. Uh, no one else would you really. stop now. Yeah, no one else would help back there. Except my boy, my boy Trent Taylor is still on, on the team. He's still there yeah. from San Francisco. He yeah. hasn't left. Maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll make it this year. This is his year. It, you could argue this is the best receiving court in the NFL with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. It's pretty That's good. And Charlie. Don't forget Charlie Jones. And Charlie Jones. <laughs> you know, the, you, got, you got the Philadelphia Eagles with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and, of course, you have Miami with Jalen Waddle yep. and Tyree Kill. Yeah. But this is a really good receiving core. So It, it really is. It, it puts Joe Burrow, who's also a fantastic quarterback, into a great spot, you know, in a points per game basis, you're talking about quarterback four overall last year. He, this is a team that upgraded the offensive line. Uh, it's kind of got a little bit better last year. And they bring a guy like Orlando Brown in this yeah. offseason to play less tackle. They did a left tackle moving the right side. So this is a really good uh, spot for the Bengals to who are legit Super Bowl contenders. Um, yeah. I mean, it, obviously that all depends and hinges on uh, Joe Burrow being healthy and, and that calf issue, not being a real issue. Um, but with him in the lineup, everything's smooth sailing and he's going to look, I mean, there's no reason to think that they can't get back. You know what so, I mean? So yeah, we don't see and dwell on this. Joe Burrow, no. high end startup, super flex quarterback, one QB uh, quarterback. Clearly. Jamar Chase, a top two overall pick, top three overall pick in a dynasty startup. T Higgins, a fantastic receiver who has not been a wide receiver one yet, but who has put up high end wide receiver two numbers. Matt, do you think T Higgins stays in Cincinnati. You know, we know that Mike Brown is not um, an exorbitantly wealthy cash, cash rich owner. Right. Can he afford to pay Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins? That's going to be the rub, right? I mean, right now they're sitting with a ton of cap space. So theoretically, yes. But like you said, it uh, an, organiz- an organization that maybe isn't as cash uh how would you say not poor rich <laughs> there we go rich as some other ones that is going to be a, that's gonna be tricky because obviously you know uh all the bonus money has to go in an escrow so i mean there there is money that you know, guaranteed money has to go in escrow that's what i mean guarantees yeah, so if you give joe burrow uh a seven year 350 million dollar contract with 250 million got guaranteed Mike Brown's have a $250 million in us escrow the day that Joe Burrow signs that yeah, contract. Right. Which, so, which makes other contracts very tricky. And same thing with your, like if you franchise a player and it's all guaranteed, that goes right into escrow. Mm-hmm. So Jamar Chase something like that. Do they figure out a way to extend T. Higgins or do they trade him? They franchise tag him and trade him. It's a, it's a really great question. I have no clue as to the actual finances. Of, like theoretically, they, they just sh- your guess. Yeah, I'm not asking. Like, yeah. what do you think happens there? Do you think? Yeah. Do you think they're a little bit? Do you think Joe Burrow could come to a decision? Because I do think Joe Cool is the kind of guy who say, "I'll work my contract to keep my guys." Like yeah. these two guys here. Cause I'm trying to win Super Bowls. I mean, I think you, as a quarterback in the NFL, get used to a certain level of of you know, wide receivers out there and, and you don't necessarily want to downgrade, especially when you've gotten so close to the peak, you know? Um, so I, I do think he is the type of guy that would probably do that. I don't know that for sure. So I don't want to say, you know, outright that T Higgins is going to be there based off of that. Uh, but if you're Cincinnati, I find it very hard to believe that they're going to let that guy go. 
He is that good. And, and I think I think if you look at, you know, the way that they drafted, they they drafted Charlie Jones this year. I think that's a one for one replacement for um Boyd. for Boyd. And and you know, Boyd's he's a guy that's starting to creep up the list here. He's one, two, three, four, five, six. He's already the seventh highest uh cap number on the team. This is his last year though. It's his last year and, and he's 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 counting about ten million bucks against the cap. So that that one to me feels very obvious. Like he he's out. Hundred percent. Charlie Br- he's out. Yeah, and and you kind of allocate money that you would have given to Boyd, and you you give whatever that is to T Higgins plus whatever you need to do to keep him there. So it's not such a big hit because you're going from a guy that's that's making ten million bucks against the cap, and probably a pretty decent amount of salary as well. Let me let me check on that. Um, I don't have the the contract up. But for yeah, Tyler, he's making Tyler. his he's making his base salary right now is, is over eight million bucks. That's pretty damn good. For, so that's a pretty good chunk that you're getting back when you like let a guy like Boyd go and replace him with Charlie Jones. Who's <laughs> and they, a late and round, they don't want to pay Jonathan Taylor a late round pick. It's right. insane. So not them specifically, but NFL right. teams. So does, what do you feel about like Tyler Boyd in Dynasty? Because he's a wayside player, right? Like he's a bottom of the barrel guy on your roster. You're never starting him. If you do, you're not a contender. Does that make Tyler Boyd a sneaky buy? Does Tyler Boyd fall in that category where all of a sudden he's signing somewhere next year and he's getting like $13 million a year, you know, with 20, 20 of it guaranteed on a team somewhere. And he slides in as a number two, um, say somewhere on the lines of like a guy like Cooper Cup or offsetting like a guy like Marquise Brown. I mean, I think that, I, I mean, obviously I think that's the best case scenario for him. He's 28 years old. He'll be 29 this year. So he's not he's a, that old already. He's I'm not a spring God. chicken. So it, it, he's Tyler just, Boyd has come and gone that quick. Yeah. So it's, all it, right. I don't know that he's like, um, never mind. I take, I, re, I, re, I take back all that. I didn't, I thought, yeah. I swear I thought Tyler Boyd, I feel like we were talking about Tyler Boyd's rookie profile, like just a couple of years ago. He's seven years in the league, man. Boyd, Time flies when you're talking it, dynasty. I mean, it? it really does. Oh my goodness! So, so boy, it, for a guy that like never jumped off the page and was yeah, never mind. I would not pay more anything than, yeah, yeah. Any, anything more than wide receiver three. I, I don't think I, I could pay much for him. So let's talk about um, somebody who I talked about on the show last week. That I thought up until he got this redone deal, and I know there's some. He's in court right now, and if you follow Drew Davenport, who's a lawyer, um, shout out to Drew Davenport on Twitter. He's kind of following his case pretty closely. With was he, he was there this weekend. Right? He was there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with football guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, real good dude, Drew is. And he's been posting on Twitter, following us really closely. He's actually a great follow for any kind of legal um, things going on. He gets real depth and detail because he is a lawyer. Um, fantastic follow yeah, for the football the, guys. he'll put those threads together. Yeah, he actually gets the court documents and yeah. reads them. So yep. Joe Mixon, you know, you you – you look at Joe Mixon, he's in a fantastic finish or position. He was running back 10 overall last year. Um, I think it was like running back four the year before that. And right now he's in position. You take Samaj P. Ryan out of the picture. He's in position to even do better this year when it comes to his overall stats. And that's coming up after last year. Last year, this is somebody who had, had a big uptick in his, uh, he set career highs in targets with 75 Receptions, he had 60, and receiving yards, 441. And remember, they brought Samaj P. Ryan a lot in third down. So that's a big uptick yeah, for no him doubt. where Joe Mixon should see about 100 targets this year, maybe probably even plus 100-plus targets this year, come away catching anywhere from 75 to 80 footballs, which will be his bread and butter because 
his, all his metrics on his Russian numbers Not have great. gone down pretty drastically. They're actually pretty abysmal yep. um, if you look at them. And that's because like, he led the league last year in like, the least amount of stacked boxes. He led the league in it yeah. and still had – he averaged 3.9 yards per carry when – they weren't stacking the box, which makes sense. This is a team you're not going to stack the box against. But at the same time, just like it did for P. Ryan, that should open a lot of stuff for mixing the flat. And I would still predict that the Bengals would understand, hey, Joe Mixon's a very quality runner, um, but we're only going to get about 3.5 to 4 yards per carry. But he's very good in a passing game here. And that's how we're, that's a good, really good chance to move the sticks. Do you think Joe Mixon finishes running back – one again this year because of his pass catching ability. I mean, I think that's the only way he gets there, right? I mean, you're, you're looking at his rushing totals and they're, and they're going kind of down, 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 right? I mean, he had 1,200 in, in in 2021. He was obviously injured in 2020 and only got 400. But it kind of – he's I think he's hit his peak, and last year he's down at 814. So I think if he's going to get there, it's going to be through the receiving game, and and, and that's been spiking. So it's it, it you know what you just said really paints a picture, I think, of the way they see him and the way that they want to use him. My question is, are they going to try to work in one of these other guys to kind of take some of the load off of him, the Chase Browns, the rookie who who has some good explosion, uh, or the Travion Williams, who's also been on the team for a while and and, and was a faster guy coming out. Yeah, I think they I think they ride mixing out for one last year. Okay. I think he's going to be the focal point of this offense. He knows Chase Brown's a rookie, so I don't trust Chase Brown on third down to pass protect anything whatsoever. So that's my own personal feeling. I don't think they're going to use him there. They're not going to use him on the goal line. It's going to be Joe Mixon's job as well. So for me, I think Joe Mixon is going to be the product of targets and opportunity. Yeah, that, then and finishes a running back one. Right. If, if if that's the case, then I think it's pretty easy to say or assume that he'll be a running back and one. And people argue like, well, Rich, he scored 25% of his total points last year in that one big game where he had like 50 points. And if you take those out, he was like running back like 15, 16. We're still high on running back two. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. But I also protect him to, predict him to offset that by the P. Ryan loss and uptick in the targets and the opportunities overall. Then we at the end of the year because they really leaned on him a little bit, uh, P. Ryan, a little bit more to the end of the year. So I would still pay a first for Mixon if I was a contender, um, hoping he could latch on somewhere next year. He's still only 26 years old. He's not an old running back or, or 27 years old. I was going to say, I think he's 27. Yeah, he's 27 now, I think. He's still not an old running back. He should get opportunities somewhere next year. So paying a first for a two-year window for a guy like Mixon, I'd be okay with. Yeah, not bad. All right, before going to our next team, which is my favorite team in the world, <laughs> let me tell you about our friends over at FFPC. FFPC is an absolutely fantastic place to go play Dynasty Fantasy Football. This is a company that launched in 2010, and they hold are the home to the largest high-stake fantasy league community in all fantasy football. If you ha- If you feel like... You've been playing this game for a while, and you want to take your game to another level when it comes to a monetary status. There's not a better site out there in the world than FFPC. If you have trouble finding reliable dynasty leagues, um, you don't know enough people or enough people don't want to play in a little bit higher stakes leagues that you want, 
FFPC is a play to go. Yeah. Place to go. I got a, I got a great story. I'm going to interrupt you right in the middle of your 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 take here. There's a, a guy that approached uh, me at the expo. We were talking for it was a fan. We were, he, we were we were chit chatting for a little while, and he's like, you know, I'm I'm new to Dynasty. He's like, I, I I've been almost an exclusively a, a redraft guy forever. He's like, but I found your guys' podcast. I'm a big fan. And he's like, me and my son got in a league, you know, together, a dynasty league. He's like, we're enjoying it. It's great. He's like, but how do I get involved in other leagues? You know, and we were like, I was like, I immediately sent out, I was like, FFPC. I was like, it, you know, it's great. It's great for all this kind of stuff. Exactly what you need. And it's, it's a one-stop shop for one of these things where you can just go out, find a league. And, you know, it, it's all backed by FFPC. They're the kind of the commissioners. They take care of it. It's not like you, you're not just picking a random guy out of the crowd to be your commissioner that you don't know or anything like that. So they take care of you. And he was very thankful that I that I pointed him in that direction. But just just a, uh, I think, a testament to them that uh, that was the first thing that popped in my brain when this guy asked. Yeah, 100%. And you can play Redraft, too. They're, they have, like, Redraft leagues there as well. This is a place where a dynasty league is never folded right. in 13 years. Now, yep. one league's folded because, like Matt said, they commission the leagues. Yep. They take care of those. Um, and if you use the promo code NERDS right now, you're going to get $25 off any entry for new members. So use that promo code NERDS. Check them out. You're never in enough dynasty leagues. It's why the Nerd Hurt's so special and why you build the dynasty gym in the first place. Ooh. To give you the opportunity to play in more leagues. And FFPC is linked to the dynasty gym. So it automatically does upload your teams there. So check them out, myffpc.com. Use the promo code NERDS. So Matt, before we go here into the Cleveland Browns, um, let's just hit on real quick. We said we mentioned in the beginning of the show, yep. Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. Let's start with the lower rung of the ladder, Zeke Elliott. Yeah. Um, goes to New England Patriots, not for a lot of money. Reminder, Stevenson owners might let out a slight gasp, but I think this actually kind of helps Stevenson a little bit because one, we knew Stevenson wasn't going to get every carry. Yeah. And Stevenson doesn't really strive like at the goal line. He is, he's not a huge in between the tackles uh, runner, but he dominates in the passing game. And we know how Bill likes to use those running backs. I look at this personally as just like Ramonde, Ramondre is still the guy, and Zeke's just kind of like a spell guy. I, I mean, I don't think Zeke has enough juice in his legs to be anything more than that at this point. I think, I think he kind of showed that last year. So I would expect him to be a guy that pounds the ball, uh, you know, into the, into the end zone and short yardage and, and first gets first downs and, and moves the chains. And like you said, Ramondre is going to be the guy that's kind of between the, in between the twenties and in the passing game. I think yeah. that, and then, and that's enough to sustain him and kind of keep him afloat. It's obviously, I think it's got to lower everyone's expectations slightly. I yep. mean, it's it's still a, a, a quality running back coming on the team that's going to take away some carries. So I, I don't want to say it's it's nothing, but I don't think it's the sky isn't falling for Mundry Stevenson at this point. So his opportunity to be a running back one. I think he can um, get there. In yeah. this league, it's just the touchdowns could hurt him a little bit, and the touchdowns could help Zeke a little bit. So Zeke's right. not dead as well in fantasy, but. You would at this point hope he could be a running back too, Zeke. Yeah, I would be very happy if he was a running back too. I would too. Yeah, but now let's talk about a bigger, um, yeah, absolutely. Damn, in here, Dalvin Cook signs with the New York Jets. Yeah, and all Brees owners, Brees Hall owners, are letting out a collective sigh ah, of there it was. despair. <laughs> there you, you pretty much just mimic to a T. Yep. So, with you know, with. Dalvin Cook goes there. He signs for $8.3 million. Not chump change, especially this point in the season. Like this, this is typically when bottom basement deals are happening, not $8 million deals. So this tells me that 
so for two things here. One, when Aaron Rodgers signed that team with the Jets, yeah. they were immediately all in. This is a Super Bowl contending team. Yep. And then Aaron Rodgers lowers his cap number to help out the Jets. <laughs> looky, looky. Aaron Rodgers played in the same division as the Minnesota Vikings, which would be the NFC North. Yeah. You think Aaron Rodgers had some saying in some Dalvin Cook in there? I think these are pretty easy dots to connect. Yes. that uh, Once you've seen a guy for eight or nine years, twice a year, you know that he's special. You know he can catch the ball. You know he can do the things that you want him to do. And we knew Brees was going to be worked back in this offense. So we know historically, unless you're a complete outlier like Adrian Peterson, the year after your tear ACL, your fantasy numbers go down. Yeah. And usually it's not a slight dip. It's usually a pretty significant dip um, in your overall value. Now, Brees Hall is still super young, still super valuable. And the plan here is to probably, you know, really slowly work Brees Hall back in here. Listen, the worst thing you'd want to do is bring in an old quarterback, have a fantastic running back that was injured last year and not ready to play and, and for the start of the season. Then he's not ready till week 9, 10. That's when he's starting to hit his stride. You don't want – you can't waste that time with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Definitely in the AFC. You, you, in the AFC, you'll be buried, you'll be done, you'll have wasted an entire year of Aaron Rodgers' career that he doesn't have a lot of left. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So I think I think the signing right now is great for the Jets. I think it's, you know, Dalvin Cook is going to have very good early season sort of value, and, and he's going to be able to carry some teams through the first – nine, 10 weeks of the season. I think it's going to get a little dicey. We were talking about that before the show come playoff time. When you need them, it, it might get a little dicey. It might, it might be one of those things where Brees Hall starts to kind of work his way back towards the end of the season. Who knows? I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. I know you do somewhere. We haven't seen it in so long <laughs> that it, it might be retired. Um, but we, you know, no one at this point knows what the end of the season is going to look like. But I'm at this point in the year, Dalvin Cook is going to be a play early, and I think he's going to be able to really help some teams out until Brees Hall kind of gets his legs underneath him. For the most of your regular fantasy football season, it's going to pretty much be Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and it's going to get dicey towards the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it stinks, but you know, this is the if you have Dalvin Cook, you're riding him early. Plan accordingly, I think, towards the end of the season. Make sure you're making moves to kind of pad that. This kind of go back, goes perfectly back to my point earlier. Like, hey, if you got two or three guys, sometimes you're okay with two or three guys. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're not. If Dalvin Cook is one of those three guys, you're not. You, you need to go out and get a fourth guy to feel good about your depth at, at the running back position. And if you have Brees, so you're going to see, I've seen people on Twitter go, oh, buy, you know, this is the window for Brees Hall. Do not sell Brees Hall. There is no window here to sell. You know, he's I'll a take him. year old. I'll, I'll take him if you're selling. He'll still have two years left uh, after this year on his deal, and he'll still have the franchise tag if they can't work out a long-term deal, which they will. So you have three years of Brees Hall on a very good team um, going forward. If there's any window to buy here yeah. at all, sure. you buy. And I would pay – there's not many running backs I would say this about. Let me start there. There's not many, Matt. Yeah. I would pay two first for Brees Hall today. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Um, I'd he's that good. I'd like to, but he's smooth as silk. He he's like the Matt Forte of of 
this age range. So uh-huh. I, that that dude, as long as the knee gets right, which we have no reason to think he, it won't, he came up pup today, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> the day that Dalvin Cook gets, uh, gets uh, signed. There he is. Look, I oh, don't know. My knee's feeling better. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> how, many, how many jumping jacks you want? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, he's he's just going to be a difference maker for years to come in the passing game, and he's so smooth in the running game that that he can do it. He can kill you both ways. So he, he's going to be a very rare asset to have in in, in a couple of years. Uh, you know, obviously this year is going to be a little bit of a, a setback year for him. And if you can get great value on him, go out and do it. This is the time to do it. I'd have no problem right now throwing out an offer for two first, or even if I had, you know, a younger running back that I'm okay, like not. What if you had a Devon A chain? I would give Devon A chain and a and, first and a first. Yeah, hundred percent for Brissol. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And so I love I. Devon A chain. Yeah. And, and Devon A chain was a huge winner with Zeke and Dalvin Cook. You know, the biggest worry about A chain was if Dalvin Cook signed there. Yeah, and absolutely. now this is a massive win. It's a double win where A chain's looked really good in camp so far, mm-hmm. and the team has really been talking him up across the board. And then Dalvin Cook doesn't sign there. Yeah. Feel pretty good about having my A chain as my one forward throughout the whole process now. Yeah, and and you know obviously there's there's going to be questions about his size. I think he's already bulked up a little bit. We don't need to make this Devon A chain no, no, segment, no. but uh, I like his ability running between the tackles too. I said that when it broke yeah, down, but we won't no get in there. We have uh, bold predictions to talk about Devon A chain, so trust me, I'll get one in there because I love him. Him and Dalton Kincaid. I made sure at the expo to mention Dalton Cade on both panels, by the way, I, and call him my husband material or future husband on both panels. I was there. I like saw Des Bryant was to my left, and I was talking about how I was going to marry Dalton <laughs> Kincaid on a large microphone for the entire uh, can't know how to hear. Yeah. So everybody knows. Yeah. He's mine. He's your boo. As Jared would say, mine, mine, mine. <laughs> mine, 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 mine. He's all mine. Can we move on to the greatest team in all of the NFL? <laughs> Okay, another grace. My favorite team and go. the team that I predict for 2023 to win the NFL Super Bowl. Oh boy, Cleveland Browns. All right, Deshaun Watson at quarterback, Josh Dobbs and Dorian Thompson Robinson, who has actually looked pretty good. Looked really good. He's going to start this Thursday. I know it was just one preseason game, but he looked smooth. He's looked good in two, and I felt bad because like. Uh, when Izzy and Hurley came in, they came in a day early because those are like some of my best friends in this industry. So they came in early to hang out mm-hmm. uh, before the expo. And I took them downtown to go eat. And we were standing there and Josh Jobs rolls up with his girlfriend. And says, well, Josh Jobs. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything, no, because I thought Dorian Thompson Green looks so good. He might not be the backup soon. <laughs> I, I mean, there's there. I doubt that'll happen. I don't think that'll be a, a year one backup. You look good enough. You can't put him on the practice squad probably. No, I think he's going to be on the team. I don't know yeah. that he's going to be the number two guy. Finish with the roster. Um, I, yeah. I, I interject. All right. Uh, running back, Nick Chubb, J- uh, oh. Jerome Ford, uh, Demetric Felton, who also has looked pretty good, and John John Kelly Jr. Uh, at the tight end position, David Njoku, Jordan Aikens, uh, Harrison Bryant, and some guy I'm not going to That's gonna, all you need to read. Yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper at uh, wide receiver, uh, Donovan People Jones, Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Jakeem Grant, who's going to be mostly a uh, special team guys, Anthony Schwartz and David Bell are fighting for roster spots. And Schwartz won't make the team. And Austin Watkins Jr., who has looked really good. Austin Watkins, somebody who we talked about big time yeah. during his rookie year, who signed San Francisco, hurt his knee, got waived. He's looked really good in Browns. Game he, so far. I mean, he's for sure going to make the team over a guy like Anthony Schwartz and David Bell. 
who just don't distinguish themselves at all whatsoever. He he has. He's out there making one-handed catch. Yeah. Anthony just, Schwartz is lucky to hold on to the ball on a sweep. So we'll start at the top here with Deshaun Watson. You know, finally coming back, we could say now, after two years, uh, pretty much not playing the NFL here. Mm-hmm. Uh, before all this went down, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. You know, he was up there with, you could argue, Deshaun Watson. Or, uh, you could <laughs> argue Deshaun Watson was right up there with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> with Pat Mahomes. Like, he was that good. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, he led the league in uh, passing his final year. And uh, from a fancy aspect, point of view, same thing. Throws for a ton of yards, very mobile, very athletic. Average, averages a decent amount of yards. He averages, even last year, coming back, he averaged 29.2 yards per game, which was eighth, eighth best amongst quarterbacks there. So he is a pass. He's a rushing quarterback mm-hmm. that adds that overall fancy football potential. Playing behind a terrific line with one of the best running backs in the NFL, and the receiving core is <clears throat> looking really good this year. They're coming together. Yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper, we, we don't need to sit here and talk about Amari Cooper going to 29th year, uh, is 29 year old into the league. He'll be 29, 29 years, years year. in the league. Holy. And one of the best route runners in the league had a really good last year, uh, wide receiver one, but the addition of Elijah Moore cannot go unsaid because one, this is a, a player that you and I absolutely adored love Elijah coming Moore. out. Yep. Game of first round rookie grade coming out. His route running, his hands, suddenness, his speed, suddenness, speed, dynamite. Yep. And what's encouraging here from a fantasy football standpoint. Now I bought Elijah Moore for two seconds after he got traded to the Browns in a couple different leagues. That's how I was, that, that was a price tag. I might be willing to pay slightly more for Elijah Moore today. Now that you've seen him in some game action and see how they're using him or, or, he or the camp is, hype, all, everything. Huh? He is the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. The Browns are using him all over the field, out of the backfield, mm-hmm. out of the slot, out wide. They're really moving him around. He all ran over. basically just a running back type of player, correct? Yeah. Like he was straight up in the backfield as a running back. Yeah. Yep. Multiple plays. Yep. He's looked absolutely fantastic in camp. It looks like he's going to be cemented here in Cleveland for a while with Deshaun Watson outlasting a guy like Amari Cooper here. So I think he's a fantastic buy. David Njoku uh, coming off a career year for him last year in a passing game. You know, a very steady kind of that mid-range tight end. You know, anywhere from six to eight, he'll probably finish right around there. Yeah, I never feel great about David Njoku, but he always just ends up in that range of guys that are Replaceable, but on the higher end of the replaceable guys. What's know? encouraging with Njoku is that he's gotten better every single year. Even last year, career high in uh, yards per game. He was about 45 yards per game, which was eighth best amongst all tight ends. Um, and he caught where before his hands were kind of an issue. Yep. He caught 73% of his targets last year. And amongst his target rate, actually, he was seeing about 20% of the targets as well. So, for me, it's encouraging for a guy that's still really young. Yeah. He came out super young, 20, wasn't he? Yeah, he was 20 years old yeah. when he came in the league. I, he, I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, you cut me off of your time. I all, all, right, time all right, perfect. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't watch as much Browns as you um, last year. I, I only caught things that were on the Red Zone channel. I didn't watch any Browns games. Is, are the are the easy drops still a uh, concern at all for Njoku? 
He cleaned it up pretty good. Pretty good. I think he had still makes the occasional. I think two, that's good. I think, yeah. I think on the top of my head, I only recall two. Okay. And like always, he makes. A, I mean, he literally won the Browns a game last He'll year. He'll make fantastic. Yeah. With arguably yeah, one of yeah. the best catches in the league last year. Oh yeah. One handed. So he's he has taken significant steps to to fantasy football relevance. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel really comfortable with him right when you get past like that Dallas Goddard ranking range with his use youth and his talent. Like there's no difference between David and Joku and Pat Firemuth, but where David and Joku wins <clears throat> is the upside is how athletic he is. He's a freak. So totally. he has a chance to still kind of progress into that field of uh, that second tier, third tier of tight end. Well, third tier is everybody. So that second tier of tight ends, like he's flirting with that range and we'll see how it put trends, uh, how it progresses this year because the Browns really do only have, you know, from a focal point, two studs and, and more in Cooper Donovan people's Jones, a very solid outside receiver yep. had a ton of yards last year was kind of flirting. We could he get a thousand yards more than cut that out. Cedric Tillman is here to replace Donovan people's Jones. Yeah. And their, their, their hope is that it would be Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman and David Njoku as their past weapons for probably the 2025 and on years. So for me, I feel very good and comfortable with this offense from a dynasty fantasy football standpoint there. Amari Cooper's probably got two more years left of high end receiving production and at running back Nick Chubb. Yep. Uh, this is a player that the Browns want to get. And this is a player we can talk about here is as we'll call him Nick stud. Nick stud <laughs> has an opportunity this year to finish as the number one running back overall. Yes, he does. Number I, one. I totally agree, man, because obviously he's never gotten the pass catching uh, sort of work that he should. Uh, he, he's able to do it. And, and with Kareem Hunt on the uh, roster the past few years, it was it all got pretty much funneled to him. Um, so this year we'll actually get a chance to, I think, get a glimpse of what, what kind of what, what we've been missing out of Nick Stud. Yeah, this is somebody who they've really kind of slow rolled Nick Chubb, right? Mm -hmm. With Kareem Hunt, this kind of – you know, when he first came here, it was him and... I'm proud, um, of, I'm proud of you for nailing that name right there. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, who was the guy from the Houston Texans that the Browns signed? What do you uh, mean? Remember, good contract, uh, Ben Tate. Oh, okay, yep. And then he drove Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb had three carries for three touchdowns and 100, yeah. 100 yards. Yep. And then eventually became the guy. Off went Ben Tate. And then they signed Cream Hunt. Yep. And they, they've really used Cream Hunt a lot. He'd get a series every every other series. He'd get all the third downs. He'd get a, then he'd get a whole series. Yep. Nick Chubb, last year, they started to use a little bit more. Set career highs in carries, 302. Rushing yards, 1525. Ooh. And touchdowns, 13. Mm. Now with Hunt out of the pitcher, <clears throat> they have made a point here to say that they're going to use him in a passing game. And he showed that he's capable. Like, he's nothing great, but we just, so just like we saw Darren, Derrick Henry kind of uptick his yeah. perceptions here. And with Chubb, without Hunt, he was averaging 20 touches per game. With Hunt out of the game. I mean, even if he gets another two or three points a game, you're flirting with the number one spot. You know what I mean? He's number at one he, overall running back. He's at almost 18 points a game. A, a three-point uptick, and you're you're at number two. A four-point uptick, and you're you're past Austin Eckler. At, it's, at, just, yeah. it's a couple points per that's game. That's it. So literally the receiving game. That's a couple catches a game. You yeah, know what I mean? That's what I'm that's saying. It. In the receiving game, yeah. if you can just get a couple catches per game, Nick Chubb, as a is arguably the best pure runner in the game, 
That guy's a treat. His his feet are special to watch. Yeah, that dude is like, a treat. And I know why you don't watch the Browns anymore, yeah. but he would be a reason why. I, like, for somebody, like, the way I'm, I look at it is. I miss watching Nick Chubb. Yeah. For somebody that? who like you like, I feel like we'll eventually come back to the Browns when you when you are ready to. <laughs> um, I feel like I'll you're really you. missing out on that opportunity to watch the. In my eyes, the yeah. greatest Browns running back I've ever seen. I'll tell you what, those white helmets might get me. <laughs> oh, they look good. Oh my god, dude, they look. How amazing. big Nick Chubb is and how the way he moves his feet is special. Yeah, and unfortunately, if if I could tell from best ball drafts and redrafts and all this, and even dynasty startups. There's no buy-in window. Like, if you want Nick Chubb, I was able to get Nick Chubb for like a first plus like a year and a half ago or so. Uh, Where's that at now? I would say two first. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's got to be, right? Everyone sees what we see. Everyone knows what we know about, you know, he's going to get some sort of uptick. We don't know what how much it's going to be, but anything. Like I said, it's not going to take much to boost him damn near the close close to the top of this this list and he's already pretty high up there anyway so um yes and he's got two to three years left of high-end production sure so what a great buy yeah absolutely all right let's move on to the last team there's another team in the afc north there is one more team pittsburgh steelers all right pittsburgh steelers kenny steelers matt kenny pick i know i know Kenny Pickett is their QB1. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph are the backup in the third string. Uh, we got Najee Harris and uh, Jalen Warren. That's uh, really all of Hannah note. McFarland. Yeah, they just uh, signed Xavier uh, Valade, um, or Xavier Valade, sorry, uh, guy from Arizona this past past year. They got Pat Fryermuth at tight end, um, Zach Gentry, and obviously Darnell Washington. Um, somebody that's going to be a huge red zone threat. Um, at the wide receiver, they got Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, Miles Boykins, Calvin Austin, who's been making some plays. You can stop there. And we'll just stop right there. Even yeah. though Hakeem Butler is on that team too. Could be a tight end. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin Austin has been making plays. He team has plays. been. I know. I've seen some of that on Twitter. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. The guy that He was a guy that I liked coming out last year. This is, again, from a dynasty fantasy football standpoint this is a pretty solid team and what i love about this team from a dynasty aspect is there's a there's a lot of assets here i like a lot and they're all obtainable every one of them i think that's i mean i think that's pretty fair i think um you know deontay johnson has been undervalued for years um and and just keeps producing george pickens is the is probably the guy that i think would be the hardest guy to kind of definitely probably the most expensive to get. Yeah. Just to get, just to get value on. I think, I think it's hard because there's a lot of hype around him. He's, he's been making some plays in, in camp and everything. Najee Harris might be a, a, a you know, the second hardest guy to, 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 to get a hold of, but I think two first I'd pay for Najee Harris. But I think the value is there because you, whatever you have to pay, you're, you're getting, uh, you're getting let's, solid. Let's production. start it then. Yeah. Let's do it. Najee Harris is somebody who was coming off a list Frank injury last year. Yeah. So the first half of the year, we know how that works. Like he was a little rough. Mm-hmm. When you when he came back from the list bank injury over his final, let's say the nine games he played, he was averaging four point one yards per carry. He was averaging. He had over six hundred seventy yards rushing. He was top seven in the league in rushing yards. He is somebody the year before was running back three overall. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The Pittsburgh Steelers were an upgrade their offensive line. Oh, totally. <clears throat> they took a tackle in the first round yep. uh, uh, of the of the draft. 
when it comes to value, Najee Harris is there because this offense is going to run through Najee Harris. I expect Kenny Pickett to take a step forward. Yep. I like the receiving core. I like it. This offense will still run through Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris will be a running back one this year. I think he has the potential to be a top, if you can stay healthy, top eight fantasy football running back in 2023. Viable in the passing game. Not extremely dominant. But somebody who came off a list Frank injury still had over 1,200 yards last year. Still the focal point. Still first-round pick. Still has three more years left on his contract since he was the fifth-year option for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Huge, that's a really huge good value. Right that's there. a really good value. Yep. And I don't think, even though I say a f- two first-round picks is what I would pay for Najee, he's the kind of running back that you can get for like a really good tight end plus or a good receiver. He's the kind of player, like if you start throwing out like the Terry McLaurin's, the George Pickens, like he starts becoming a little bit more obtainable. Now you might, you have to give something on top of that. As I say, you're going to have to give something pretty substantial. I think on the top of, Pickens, don't I, you think? I don't, I don't, do you think so? I mean, Pickens is pretty hyped up right now. Yeah. I mean, you're talking two firsts, right? Uh, just off, uh, just off of picks. What, what did you think Pickens would go for as far as a first plot, first and second? First and second. Okay. So, so maybe it would be Pickens in a second. Maybe Pickens might yeah. get done. Yeah. Uh, Terry McClure in a second for yeah. that. Um, one of those guys that I feel like is a wide receiver too. Right around there is what he's going to cost you, like a good wide receiver too. Um, maybe Jahan Dotson in a first. Yeah. You know, some yeah. of those lines. Not for everybody. That's just, again, it's sure. It's hard to tr- talk about this sometimes in that kind of. Those, these are all in vacuums and all it's sorts in of vacuums. stuff. Yep. It's hard. It's, but I think it's Najee impossible. Harris is that. I think he's inbound for uh, a huge rebound, rebound year. Where George Pickens is somebody who. He didn't win last year in his separation. He didn't win his route running, but he won in his point of catch and yeah. his spectacular acrobatic catches. And he's doing it more now. I mean, I feel like I feel like we're seeing a lot more of that this year, which probably means the confidence is building and and he knows he can do it where, you know, rookies in general, they think they can do it, but they don't know that they can do it. And this year it looks like he knows that he can do it and he's doing it. Um so I know that there's a lot out there and, and, and you and Garrett have, have kind of, I think poo pooed him a little bit this, this past off season about his inability to separate. But I, I just, I'm glad that you brought it up that, that he's winning in other ways. Cause I think, I think it's important to, to note that as well, especially if you're going to, you know, note that he's not separating, which maybe he's not the, maybe he's not going to ever be the greatest separator, but if he can dominate the way he's dominating at the catch point, not necessary. yeah. Yeah. And, and if you have a quarterback that can, that is willing to throw it up, you're good. That's what I was waiting for you to stop to say. Yep. I think the most important thing here is he's developed a really good rapport. Kenny Pickett. They both come into rookie year together. Yep. Uh, he was pretty much a starter last year, George yep. Pickens, and he has Kenny Pickett's trust. Penny, Kenny Pickett knows where he can go put the ball up for George Pickens and he'll come down with it. And that's very important. As Absolutely. Well. We talked about Deontay Johnson. Um, probably we've t- talked about Deontay Johnson three different times in the offseason. In this offseason yeah. so far. So I don't want to dwell on it. It's just you're talking about a premier route runner. When it comes to getting separation and open, Deontay Johnson's at the top of that list when it comes to stats. His number one problem is touchdowns. He is obviously going to have touchdown regression because it's literally impossible not to when you have zero. <laughs> and he averages about seven touchdowns per game. And when you put that into effect, 
he's a high end wide receiver too. He's a he's Terry McLaurin, right? Like he's at he DK Metcalf. He's a mid range like 15, 13, 14, 15 wide receiver right around there. And that's great, great value. Yeah, absolutely. And and he can be had. That's the point. I mean, you you said nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. I mean, do you think a second would get it done? No, I don't think so either. But I think like a second, like I think like. Dalvin Cook, like so if he's a running back, like Dalvin Cook in yeah. a second gets it done. Yeah. And he, he's still young. He's only like 26 years old. Um, Tight end needy team. You, you dangle one of these guys that has a chance, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. Same of team, like a Pat Fryerman sure. would get it done. Yeah. Um, maybe a David Njoku can get it done. Gesicki get it done. He would definitely not get it done. Not, definitely ever just hurt not, the shoulder as not, well. Not with a separated shoulder. No, he would not get it done. But like, if you want to like even maybe take the chance of uh, the hype of like a Luke Musgrave, uh, sure. some of those. I mean, I wouldn't want to do that because I I really like this tight end class a ton. Yeah, um, I just took in the Kings Classic draft that's tight end premium. I took Sam Laporta at ten, uh, ahead of A Chain and Zay Flowers. And before you say anything, it's because I was really good at receiver. And I was really good at running back, and I needed a tight end badly. We talked about, remember we yes, had the we Nerds did. dinner, we had yep. a big talk and voted on it, and we're like, we agree, you should take Laporta. Yep. And I got Jonathan, you were there, I got Jonathan Mingo at 2-6. Nice, dude. Very happy about wow. that. Wow, that's yeah. great. I mean, to go with Drake London, yeah. Devontae Smith, and CeeDee Lamb. That's a solid pick, man, at 2-6. Yeah, absolutely. So, so overall, I mean, I feel really good about all these Pittsburgh assets, and I'd be willing to go out there and get all of them, because they're all young. And Pittsburgh has a history of winning, a history of putting their team in in, in position for success. And if Matt Canada, Canada can't get it done with this offense this year, guess what? He'll be out, yep. and they'll bring some ads in. They they sure will. And and Deontay Johnson, how old is he? I can't remember. Is he twenty seven? He could be under a twenty seven uh, yeah. year right now. So we saw. Go, while you looked it up, this is somebody who had no touchdowns, and he had one hundred and forty seven targets, which is still unbelievable. And when you look back at the history of it, these are guys, they av- so Deontay Johnson's average is about seven touchdowns a year. And over the NFL history, if you see about 150 targets, you average about seven touchdowns. He is 27 years old. So that kind of regression, you know, you're talking, give him five more touchdowns and he's a wide receiver too. That's Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. And, and at 27 years old, he's got, He's right. He's entering his prime basically yeah. right now, which is which is fantastic. So three years of Deontay Johnson for a first. Yep, that's that's great value right there. That was a lot. Yeah, Expo, Expo. AC North, advertising. Check out our uh, partners, FFPC and Underdog. We'll be back next week, talking West, the West. I messed it up. I've already got all those notes. Also, next week, <laughs> if remember, we uh, on Wednesday, on Thursday, we're going to do a show for the troops. We've been invited by the Colonel, uh, Chris Meeker. We were going down Wednesday and on Thursday uh, around noon in Dayton, Ohio at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. We are going to have the privilege next week to uh, speak to the troops. We'll talk about it again on next show yep. Tuesday. So we are going to try and record that show if possible, put it out as a redraft show for the podcast. If not, we'll just do the redraft show, get some pictures. We don't know if we're going to be able to get video or whatnot, but anything we can get, we'll put all of our social media and hope we get that out for a show. I'm really, really excited for that show. Um, can't wait to see the troops. Can't wait to give them the best fancy advice that they've ever gotten. Yeah. <laughs> Me also. Forget Uncle Sam. It's Uncle Rich is coming to town. Oh, boy. Here we go. See you next week. Adios.